All right, welcome, folks. This is Steve Fletcher, your host of Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve, which is a product of Low Country Local First. If you're not familiar with LLF, we are a nonprofit based here in Charleston, South Carolina. We serve local independent business leaders throughout the 11 counties of the Low Country. I am super excited to be here on site at Ohm Radio. For the first time ever, our show is actually being broadcasted to you live. If you're not familiar with Ohm Radio and you're listening, you must be on Instagram Live. Um, Otherwise, you're listening to Ohm Radio, so you know how to navigate to it. It's 96.3 FM on your local dial. I believe you can also stream it on the website as well. Uh, Without further ado, I want to get to our interviewee today. His name is Nate Abraham. He has an incredible personal and professional story Um, As you know, if you've tuned into Small Talks Big Ideas before, we try to highlight individuals in the low country who are in some way, shape, or form um, furthering the local business ecosystem in their own respective way. We've had local business leaders on before. We've had CEOs. We've had executive directors, um, politicians. Uh, We look forward to having many more of those uh, types of individuals. We have never had anyone who has been the publisher of a major periodical. Um, And so I'm super excited to talk to Nate a little bit about uh, the newspaper called the Carolina Panorama, which started in Columbia. It has very much passed through his family over the years, and now he is getting ready to launch Charleston's uh, version of the Carolina Panorama. I think it is a, an incredibly apropos time for a paper like this. We will get into why I believe that is so, and we will jump into uh, talking a little bit to Nate about his story and how he got connected to um, the press and the world of, uh, of newspaper publishing. So I'm excited to hear about it. Um, I know a little bit about Nate and Carolina Panorama, but I look forward to learning a lot more right along with you. So again, thanks for tuning in. We are going to jump right in to today's interview with Nate Abraham. Nate, um, I'm going to throw it over to you. I really am interested in learning about, before we jump into the paper and the specifics of your professional and personal journey and how you got here today at 1630 Meeting Street in Charleston, South Carolina, talking to a guy in a polka dot suit. Uh, that's me, folks. Um, who is Nate Abraham in a few sentences? Uh, well, I'm a uh, second-generation publisher. I was uh, born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, my father was the uh, has been in, in the newspaper industry uh, starting in the 1960s when he uh, uh, first moved to Columbia from Orangeburg, uh, and he got, got into the newspaper industry uh, right before I was born. Uh, and over the years, he's had a series of newspapers uh, and managed it. And also served as sales manager for another newspaper in the in the uh, '70s, and then uh, in the uh, mid '80s, uh, that's when he started uh, what is now the Carolina Panorama newspaper. Uh, I graduated from USC in uh, 1987, and I've been with the uh, company ever since. Wow, it's fantastic to hear um, kind of a the whole sort of history. Of, of ownership and publishing, and obvi- it's, it's obvious to me or anyone who's, who's chatting with you, Nate, that um, the newspaper business is in your blood, and that confirms it. Um, and, it and it's also interesting to me, you seem like the sort of gentleman, I don't want to speak for you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem like the sort of gentleman who 
is very much so aware of the kind of historical and familial context of his existence, right? I mean, I asked you to explain to Abraham in a few sentences, and it was fascinating to me and really enlightening that you provided this sort of like yearly chronology of how you how you became who you are and where you are, particularly through the lens of, of the press. So l- with that said, let's jump right into the history of the Carolina panorama. Would you mind first, Nate, just describing to viewer listeners, rather not viewers, um, there's a few viewers as I look out the window here at home radio, there's some cars driving by. I'm not sure that they can see us through these tinted windows, but for the listenership tuning in, would you mind describing what Carolina Panorama is as it currently exists in Columbia and how it became the newspaper that it is and what your part was in it? Okay. Uh, well, well, basically our, our, our mission is always what we say on the front page is positive news for a positive community. So our, our, our goal is to provide the uh, stories and, and information that, that our readers can't get anyplace else. Uh, one one of the uh, one of the things is there's a lot going on in the communities, particularly African American community, which is uh, how we got started. That there's a lot of information that basically there's no other people covering it. I mean, no one's going to cover uh, a kid getting a scholarship. No one's going to cover a business opening, or what a church doing, or what different community groups are doing to to improve the community. Now that's, those stories aren't being told, so that is our objective. Our, uh, we go out in the community and we bring those stories uh, to light, and we publish them. Uh, you know, originally uh, just in print, but now uh, with the internet and everything else coming about, our objective is yeah, we 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 gather the information, we put it out so that people can get it no matter how they how they want it. If they want to uh, view it online, they want to view it through the phones, through the tablet, on the computers. Or, or in print, uh, have, have, whether they want to read it or, or, th- or through video, have it able to get information out. That's how, that's how we get it out to them. So that no matter, no matter how you get your information, uh, you can come to us and you, and you can receive it in whichever form that you need. What's the website of Carolina Panorama for uh, folks who want to kind of uh, take you up on that offer and see what you're writing about online? Okay, our website is carolinapanorama.com. Okay. Uh, that's P-A-N-O-R-A-M-A. Okay. So, so let's, let's back up for a minute. So when your, your father started the paper, yeah. um, he identified, as you just mentioned, kind of a, a, a niche in the market, right? We, uh, in Columbia, in the Columbia metro area, yeah. there was a need for different perspectives to tell stories that weren't being told. And so, um, you as the kind of, uh, holder of the distinguished title of being like one of the few black owned paper publishers in the region, if not, um, if not the greater region, the Eastern corridor, um, your family identified that there was a need to step in, tell stories, um, that were not being told. So how do you, how, how do you weave that into the mission statement today? Are you still, for folks who are listening who are not familiar, um, the Charleston Chronicle was the black-owned newspaper here in Charleston for a while, um, and it had been here for a for a while um, and has since recently essentially shut down after a number of um, transitions. 
do you foresee the Carolina Panorama's Charleston version of the paper kind of standing in and, and, and becoming the, uh, the voice of these stories that need to be told in this area? Uh, well, uh, my father and Mr. French have been friends for decades and ironically died a week apart. So, but we, we don't see ourselves as uh, kind of filling, filling that role. We're, uh, we're, we, have, we have a similar mission, but yeah, we can't, can't duplicate uh, Jim French and the things he's able to do. But we're basically we're doing our own version. Kind of some of the things they were doing in Columbia, like I said, we've focused on business owners, uh, community groups, uh, uh, great things going on in the community. Yeah, those uh, yeah, they uh, he, they did that, but that's something that we that we that we're doing as well. We're kind of more of a well, we're we're more hyper local. We're not going to publish all the stuff from going on in say Washington and or in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, we're we're strictly hyper. So in Charleston, we're going to be hyper local as well. So that yeah, we're we're only going to focus on what people in the low country are doing. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and so tell me more about the relationship that your father, and Mr. French had. And for those listening who don't know Mr. French and correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, but he was the publisher of the Charleston Chronicle, correct? Correct. And how yeah. did their paths dovetail, um, way back when? Uh, well, well, when, uh, Mr. French started the, uh, started the, uh, Chronicle, uh, in the seventies, my, my father, uh, the time I was working with the uh, uh, the sales manager of a company in Columbia called called Black News, and over the years we worked on projects together. And then when he started his own continue his own own newspaper, uh, they continued working together on various projects and and uh, always friendly, gave each other advice and tips because they're in the same industry. So they basically go back for since. Uh, so they've been they were friends ever since. Uh, Mr. French started the Chronicle. It sounded like they were very much so pioneers of their time. Did they model what they were doing off of something that came before them? Was Black News um, modeled after another publication? Uh, well, I'm sure Black. I know Mr. French uh, uh, modeled his author. I think it was called the Michigan Chronicle. Uh, no, my father modeled his. Is uh, there was a paper in a, in a Columbia in the sixties called Palmetto Leader. So he kind of modeled his. Uh, uh, papers after that. Uh, what was that one called? It was called the uh, Palmetto Leader back in. Oh, Palmetto back Leader. In the, yeah, uh, Miss um, Jessica Simpkins, the uh, civil rights activist, owned it, uh, and and also a series of other papers during the sixties. Hmm. So that's uh, so that's how kind of kind of how he modeled some things that he did. And so is there still, it sounds like it has its roots then to a degree in papers, as you just mentioned, that were run by either civil rights activists or other folks who recognized that there was this kind of vacuum in the market and there needed to be folks, again, talking about particular stories and these stories needed to be coming from um, underheard perspectives. Do you think that that um, is still true in the paper today? Is that something that is part, is that woven intentionally into the fabric of why the paper exists today? Uh, yes. Well, one, one of the things that, uh, well, that is always going on is in terms of uh, mainstream media, when they cover the Af- African-American community, is, is basically usually they look at, look at it in one of three ways either a, a victim, a perpetrator, or a protester. So if, 
you know, if one of those three things are going on, then you would get news coverage. But that's probably less than 3% of everything that, that goes on. So, so well, we cover the other 97% of uh, news as importance for our community. Victim, perpetrator, or protester, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the, well, first of all, would you mind for folks who are kind of waiting with bated breath and are maybe in their, uh, they've gotten to their destination, they're in their car and they want to figure out like, where they can actually consume the Charleston version of Carolina Panorama when it comes out. When will this the iteration this iteration of the paper actually be dropping, and 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 when will it be available for folks who live here in Charleston? Uh, we're we're uh, planning on launching a print edition in January okay. of 2022. Now, in terms of our website is under construction, okay. so uh, you know that live on December 1st. Will there be a Charleston version of the website? Yeah, the, yeah it's going to be the uh, Low Country Panorama. Low Country Panorama. Okay, so for folks listening, the Carolina Panorama is the Columbia metro area original version of the paper, and the Low Country Panorama will be what you will uh, soon be seeing in your uh, in your stores, your convenience stores, hopefully all your news racks where you get all of your fine local media. That's fascinating, Nate. Is it a monthly paper? Uh, well, we're, we're weekly. Weekly. Okay, excellent. So how are you dividing your teams up? Not to get too programmatic mm -hmm. and nuts and boltsy for those folks who uh, are not, you know, press heads like myself. I think I just coined that term, and I don't even know that I'm, in fact, 100% whatever that means. Uh, but I am interested in periodicals and publications and folks mm -hmm. like yourself who understand that we need to give people the news or bring people together to tell their stories. Um, where, so folks will be able to find this every week, um, throughout the low country online in person. Um, is there just a couple more uh, questions about kind of how you've divided the teams? Are there, a, is there a team that's specific to creating the Carolina panorama and distributing it who will be like based here in the low country? Are they kind of separating from the team that is in Columbia? How are you doing that? Is it going to be kind of a remote launch What's the physical presence going to be of the Low Country Panorama once you're actually running the presses and distributing the paper? Okay, well, we uh, we are uh, getting writers here in in Charleston to cover the stories, and uh, at the moment we're also building a, a sales sales team to advertise on on our website and also in, in our printing edition. So uh, those be separate with two separate teams. Cool. Do you yourself write, or have you written? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more about that. What's what's your what's your affinity for the actual reporting of the news, and do you still what's your do you still have a relationship with that side of it, or are you more kind of overseeing operations and and kind of hatching the vision for the panorama in kind of more of an operational management way? Well, 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 small business owner, pretty much you wear every hat <laughs> at some point, so. Uh, you know, if your name your name's on the door. Basically, you have to do have to have some skills in every in every area. Just uh, just just in case you have to fill in. So, Buck stops with Nate. Right? Yeah. So so you do have to know pretty much every role. Uh, so yes, I I don't write as much as I used to. So I, I've I've got got more writers in. So I don't have to do as much writing as I used to. But yeah, I do write occasionally. What, what's a piece uh, you've written or a, or a beat you've followed in particular 
that you are partic- that you are particularly proud of? Can you think of one over uh, the years? Yeah, well, I think the uh, one one of the favorite of all time is uh, yeah, about twelve years ago we started a column called Business of the Week. So every week we were profile a different minority business in town because uh, I, I was having a conversation with the. Uh, with a gentleman that owned the karate, karate school and said, well, hey, I'd, I'd love to support some of your business if I knew where they were. Hmm. So I said, well, all right, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll, do, a, we'll do a profile of business on every week. So over the uh, past like, 12 and a half years, we've probably profiled close to 600 businesses. Wow. So and it basically tells the story how they came about, what inspired them, uh, how they got from where they were to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that people see a business, they okay, just just sprang out of nowhere. But yeah, as a business owner, it, there's a story behind it. They they had to overcome obstacles. They had to face hardships. They had to be inspired and, and work hard to bring that bring that vision to life. So th- those are the kind of stories that that we want to tell. Because not because it also get, lets the people know, okay, this person has been through something, and the next generation also inspires them. Okay, ooh, this person overcame these obstacles. Then hey, I can too. It's important to do that, isn't it, Nate? That's that's fascinating. Yes. I think what what an interesting um, recurring section in your paper, business of the week. We at Low Country Local First do a version of that. It's why we exist. It's about mm-hmm. bring, you know, showcasing existing businesses who are maybe doing X, Y, or Z correctly, mm-hmm. or maybe are having troubles with A, B, or C. Mm-hmm. And what you do as a local economic development nonprofit is you try to turn that spotlight onto whatever their their opportunities or obstacles are yeah. for the betterment of the mm-hmm. larger local business ecosystems. You bring mm-hmm. folks together to, at web or workshops or business conferences mm-hmm. um, or through interviews like this and you hope by the end of it you've maybe brought someone's story um, of triumph and or trouble and usually both mm-hmm. to the masses and other business leaders hopefully are able to um, are able to kind of archaeologically dig a little bit of mm-hmm. inspiration for themselves that they can use. Um, so it's all about biz- business best practice transmission at Low Country Local First. So it's fascinating to hear about business of the week. Do you still have business of the week in the paper now? Yes. Yeah. That's that's continuous. Uh, we've all. Uh, that's basically a. We're going to do the same thing here in Charleston. Oh, great. Well, we'll have to work with you to, if you all are ever looking for particular businesses that, uh, to showcase or, um, or, or anything to that effect, we would love to be able to kind of, um, you know, show you kind of our lists of certified local businesses and make sure that we've got a stockpile for you all to choose from if the hopper ever gets, uh, ever gets low on, on businesses that can be profiled. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, and that is being recorded. So, uh, and that is uh, as good as gold that offer. <laughs> We've got 400 businesses, many of whom I know would love to be highlighted in, um, a paper of your a stature. I'm looking forward to reading it. I've read kind of an advanced copy. I don't know if that's public knowledge that there's one circulating, but I'm very impressed by it. Nate, I really look mm-hmm. forward to having one of these every week that mm-hmm. we can read through and we can learn mm-hmm. about these positive stories and we can learn about uh, communities who are maybe, um, you know, underheard from for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And it's through kind of a different lens, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. kind of a, a wider lens, uh, which I think is really important. Um, what is next for, I don't want to go too far into the future. You still are probably, you know, 
losing your hair trying to figure out like how you're actually going to be launching a brand new paper in a brand new market. And I'm sure there's a lot of tribulation that goes along with that and Ajita. Um, but if you can look beyond that just for a minute with me, Nate, five years, 10 years down the line, like what is, what sort of legacy do you hope to contribute to the panorama name and how do you want folks to think about the Carolina panorama and the low country panorama in decades from now? Okay. Well, I like like for them to uh, uh, basically uh, have ha- have the uh, paper in the hands of uh, every everybody in in the town who's like influencer or uh, someone who's leading people and impacting a lot of people. I want to be part of that ecosystem that we're getting information out not only to them but to the people that 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 they that they lead and uh, the people they represent. In terms of businesses, I, I want them. I want business owners to be the uh, first place that they think of uh, when they are launching new business or have things coming out or want to get their message out to the community. So th- those are the uh, those are two of the things that we hope to uh, accomplish. You've talked a lot about business in the interview thus far. It's obvious that it's an important component mm-hmm. to the paper, getting business leader stories out there, mm-hmm. identifying businesses that the citizenry may not know about for one reason or another. What other ways does business play into this newspaper, both the physical format and the website? I mean, why, in what other ways will the low country panorama specifically be um, digging up business-related stories? Okay. Well, one of, one of the things that uh, we're we're doing as was going to be both in Columbia and Charleston. For instance, uh, we have a, a video that just that we just pre- uh, premiered on on the Carolina Panel website this week. Is uh, it was called Business Class, and basically what we're going to be doing there is going to in, uh, interviewing business leaders uh, about uh, different topics. For instance, uh, in this particular, in the one that we just put on on a website. Uh, today, that's premier uh, the business class featuring Mr. Frank Knapp, who's the uh, president and CEO of the uh, South Carolina Small Business Chamber of Commerce, and basically he's he's discussing how changes in the health co- care law can enable business owners to provide low and or even no cost health insurance for their employees. So. So, so, so basically, that's the kind of information you want to get out. We want to, uh, we want to have different topics that help business owners that either improve operations, grow their revenue, or lower expenses, or, or things like this, offer health insurance. So that was, that was something that, uh, that we want to basically be a source of business owners to educate so they can improve their operations. So, so long term, they can grow, they can hire more employees, and that, that way reduce unemployment in, in the community. Hmm. That sounds fascinating. Business class, I'll be looking out for that. Will that be recurring as well every week? There'll be a business class interview, or will that be something more like monthly? Yes. And another thing, another thing that we have coming out that well, we just we just shot it. We're still being edited. Uh, we're we're doing it's, it's called the uh, called, called the, uh, the the business hot seat. Hmm. Uh, saying basically what we're doing is uh, we're they're doing doing in-depth interviews with, with people in different industries. For instance, the first one was with a woman who owns an insurance company, and basically answering questions that yeah, it's designed to have to answer questions that consumers may want to know about a particular industry, but mm-hmm. they're afraid to ask or are not sure how to ask it. So so basically, we ask those questions uh, about hmm. what. Uh, what 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 the consumers want to know, 
So the first one was with an insurance uh, owner of an insurance company uh, that does insurance across the southeast. Uh, the second, the second one we just shot last week was uh, it was from the president of a uh, of uh, Optus Bank in in Columbia. So, so we did an in-depth interview about the banking industry, and even more more interesting his personal story because. Uh, what's, what's most fascinating about about him was uh, he's from the uh, Czech Czech Republic. Hmm. So yeah, as a kid, he grew up grew up there, then moved moved to America, and now he's a president of a, uh, uh, a, a black-owned bank in <laughs> in South Carolina. Wow! So it's an interesting story how you go from the Czech Republic to a uh, to South Carolina to be president sure. of, of a bank. Wow! So th- those so that that was. A, that was a bigger part of the interview that I thought it'd be, but it was, but it was fascinating to tell the story how how he how he got to South Carolina, and the reaction he had in terms of uh, of, of being uh, of being uh, Eastern European, uh, Eastern European, and now now he's the president of a um, of a uh, black-owned bank, and and reaction with the community, and then also telling how he's grown a bank. From huh. uh, I think forty six million assets to now uh, approaching four hundred million. Wow! Wow! So so but 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 yeah, those are the kind of stories. We wanted, we wanted, what, what bank is that name? Yeah, Optus Bank. Optus Bank. Yeah. So so those those kind of stories. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. It's a business, but it is you learn more about the banking, more about the nuts and bolts of the banking industry and how they look at consumers and businesses, uh, as as well as in, t- in this case, also his journey. But yeah, we want to with, with with this with the with this series, we want to get the people kind of get behind the scenes, let people know more about the industry and mm-hmm. and the, and the un, unanswered, unanswered question that they have. So yeah, we're doing the same thing in Charleston. So we'll be looking for a business in in Charleston for that series as well. And how how often will you be here physically in Charleston? Uh, well, now I'm you com- yourself. Well, coming yes, back and forth, I'd yeah, imagine. Yeah, back and forth. Usually, uh, right right now. During holidays, maybe once a week, that we're that I'm down here meeting with different people and also talking to people on the phone and communicating through email as well. Hmm. Interesting. Um, as a small business owner yourself, I mean, you, you mentioned it. it. It's easy to think of a, a publisher just as someone who's involved with you know uh, the activity of sharing the press and highlighting mm-hmm. stories. And you forget sometimes, or maybe it's just me. Um, I have very limited cognitive capacity at times, <laughs> Nate, but it could just be me. You forget though that they too are a local independent business owner with all of the you know similar yes. sorts of obstacles and opportunities mm-hmm. and challenges. I mean, question marks. Um, what about moving into the Charleston market kind of excites you? And then what about it scares you as a local business owner? Well, uh, kind of excites me because in terms of, in terms of demographics and size, Columbia and Charleston are basically practically the same size. Mm-hmm. So that, that's exciting now. In terms Charleston's got a few thousand on you. That's <laughs> the last couple of years. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm not, I'm not counting. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, Charleston just recently surpassed Columbia in population, but the uh, metro area is pretty much about the same size. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of uh, in terms of frightening, one of the things that uh, uh, that we've learned is, uh, you know, the state newspaper in Columbia is doing a series of articles about how Columbia compares to other cities and and how different how the cities like Greenville and Charleston are are different culturally than the Columbia. And one of the things that they pointed out was in Charleston, 
uh, when they interviewed somebody from Charleston and said that basically in terms of business in Charleston, uh, it, there's there's two groups. There's uh, people people in Charleston either are come here's or from here's. Mm, I haven't and, heard it put that way. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that's how the person in the article put in so that uh, people who are from here's uh, are not always accepting of the people that are come here. Mm. So that's that's why we're taking the time to meet their meet people in Charleston, kind of get a, lo, uh, learn the lay of the land, uh, meet who's who, and letting people know what we're doing, so that yeah we can yeah we can be more accepted and and get off on the right foot. Interesting. That's fascinating. The the from here is and the come here is that makes a lot of sense. Um, I definitely know it's bifurcated in that way, but I've never heard kind of that um, lexicon used. Um, but I like it. I think I'm going to use that as a as a come here. I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm going to use that. I like that. Um, we do a lot of promotion of this show, as is the case with a lot of our programming and events, Nate, um, to our membership and to our sponsors and our community partners. Um, folks who are interested in the work we do, they tend to be disproportionately, as you can imagine, individuals from that local business leadership mm-hmm. um, segment. So for those folks in particular right now who are tuning in, by the way, you're tuning in to 96.3 FM. Thank you for doing so. Ohm, it's a community-centric radio station right here on Meeting Street. Uh, we're also Instagramming, so yeah, you can maybe see us. Uh, for those folks in particular, Nate, who are tuning in right now, what do you want them to know? So they're listening to you. They're a captive audience. They're driving to grab a sandwich. It's lunchtime. They're listening in. What do you want them to know specifically about you and about the forthcoming Low Country Panorama? Okay. Well, we're looking for uh, strategic marketing partners to uh, to help us get the word, and also we want to help them get their messages out. Uh, there are a lot of consumers here in Charleston, and a lot of business got a lot of information they need to get out, and and we're. And we hope to be a vessel that they can use to get their message out to to uh, potential clients and customers and consumers. And do you have contact information you'd be willing to share? I mean, we, we don't need your uh, your personal cell phone number on the <laughs> air, but is there a way that someone who's listening and said, hey, that might be me. I might have something I'd like to, to um, chat with Nate about. Is there an email address or some other way that they can get in touch with you? Yes, it's, it's news at lowcountrypanorama.com. Uh, you can go, you can go, and you can contact. Can I say you can, uh, uh, yeah, just and if even if you don't have anything right now, just go in and send us a message, and we can uh, send you out uh, messages. Let let you know uh, what we're what we're coming up, what some of the projects going to be working on, what our schedules, public schedules going to be, uh, and anything you need to know about us and what we're doing in Charleston. Well, we can uh, send us an email and we can keep you abreast of everything that's going on. That's great. And for those of you who are just tuning in, again, this is Nate Abraham that I have here with me. He's the publisher of Carolina Panorama and the soon-to-be-launched Low Country Panorama, which will be the Low Country counterpart of that fabulous uh, weekly periodical coming out of the Columbia metro area. Um, and I, of course, am Steve Fletcher. Not, of course, you don't know me by my voice uh, sound, but maybe you do, in which case uh, that's a little creepy. Um, but if you don't, I'm Steve Fletcher, development manager at Low Country Local First. We are a local economic development nonprofit based right up the road over to the left on King Street Extension at the Lumberyard at 1859 Somerville Ave. Swing by. We've got a co working space. We'd love to chat with you about local independent business. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm chatting with Nate Abraham about local independent business, particularly his local independent business. 
the uh, the Carolina Panorama and the Low Country Panorama. Nate, I'm super excited about the Low Country Panorama. Um, I think the more newspapers we have, the better. I myself, I mentioned uh, before we went on air that I, I don't have a lot of social media uh, interaction. I, I pretty much keep it limited to just one or two platforms that I don't really even use that much. Uh, I'm a tactile person. I like to experience my news in the physical environment. I like to interact with people face-to-face like I am here with you right now. Um, What about, in your eyes, the physical newspaper is important? I'm holding one right here, the Carolina Panorama. So many newspapers and news platforms have gone digital recently. Why still print the newspaper? I have a few reasons in my own head, but I want to hear from you what your thoughts are on it. Well... Well, for me, I grew up grew up around uh, newspapers, so I've all, we've always had newspapers and magazines in our house. So that's how I grew up. I, I, I still prefer to, to read a newspaper or even a magazine I subscribe to. I still prefer that. Now, now I, by kids, you know, they, you know, they prefer to use their phones, and occasionally there are some people like like usually the tablets are. Or their uh, or their computers, but I, but I personally I, I like print. I like the feel of paper in my hands. So uh, and there's still a large percentage of people who prefer it that way. Hmm. So, but what we have to do, do it in print. We have to do it on our on our phones or we let people access it how they want to. But personally, I just prefer print. You were mentioning earlier that there is um, there are kind of a number of different components and recurring sections to the paper, and it sounds like you'll be also kind of filming and or recording interviews and, and other segments. Is there a plan to expand beyond the written word? I mean, into kind of a, a, a multimedia offering? So will, will there be more and more videos coming out? I mean, do you foresee like a YouTube channel or a Vimeo channel in the future of the Carolina Panorama? Will there be a podcast for the Low Country Panorama? Have you thought kind of outside of just the mm-hmm. written copy? Uh, yes, like I said, we'll do uh, videos. For instance, the, uh, uh, the business spotlight, that's, right. that's through video. Right. Uh, the uh, business class that we just launched, that's, that's through video. So, so yeah, we we do video now. We haven't done any podcasts. You know, we thought about it, but right now it's, it's too many other things to do. But uh, yeah, we yeah we 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 are multimedia. We we get news out to people, and so that they can consume it however they want. Nice. Well, maybe uh, we'll we'll let Ohm now knows that you don't have a podcast and uh, that you may be interested in it. And they do have two microphones. I'm counting two right here in front of us, <laughs> Nate. Um, so who knows? Maybe if there serendipitously happens to be an hour on their schedule once in a while, you can pop in here and let people know what's up on the Low Country Panorama front. So, Nate, fill out your, your character, who you are for me. You're more than just a publisher, although that is more than many people can even say for themselves. What else do you do? How do you fill up your hours? What are some of your interests, your passions that may or may not be related to the newspaper business? Yeah. Well, in terms of passions, uh, let's see. Well, married and my wife's uh, married 31 years. You have three kids. It's fabulous. And your lovely life, wife is here in the studio with us. Thank you for joining us. I love how it's a, a real family uh, effort at the Panorama. Sorry, I cut you off. Go on. Yes. Well, well my, my oldest son, my oldest child is a son, and he's, uh, he's joined us. 
So, so, so basically we're grooming him to take over the operations. So right now he's in our Columbia office, uh, keeping things under, under control. Uh, he, he does, he does Thro- throwing a party over at the uh, Columbia. <laughs> There's a party at the Columbia office, folks. Uh, go check it out. No, that's fa- That's fantastic. Yeah. So he does photography, photography, videography, uh, we okay. need, need any aerial shots. He does drone, uh, videography. Oh, wow. So that, yeah. Cause he's, yeah, he, 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 like me, he did not grow up, uh, thinking in terms of newspaper, uh, hmm. but, uh, he, he, he grew up in, he, he loved like, uh, engineering and, and he did like photography and videography. So hmm. that, that's how I was able to get him into, uh, in, into doing a newspaper. Now, when I, when I was, when I was, I was got out of college, yeah, I, I had no plans to join the newspaper either, but, uh, I also work at the, uh, at, at, at was now Bank of America hmm. in the mailroom, and and so, so when I had we had downtime, you know, there was there were people in, in the uh, in the in the bank that would subscribe like Forbes and Fortune magazine, so I would always read them before I sent hmm. them off. Uh, so so one so I was getting close to graduation, and I was reading an article, and this thing was in Fortune, and and the uh, and it was it was about the profitability for Southeastern banks per employee. And, and mm-hmm. at the time, the bank was second in the in the southeast in terms of uh, profits per employee. So, so I asked my supervisor, well, "Okay, wait, wait a minute. Why, why, why are we? Why's the bank making twenty six? I think it was, it was twenty six or twenty eight grand per employee, but they are they cutting out bonuses, raises, and the Christmas party and everything else." He mm-hmm. said, "Well, well, that that's for the shareholders." Mm-hmm. So that's the light light bulb went off. Okay, well, okay. So if you want to really you're gonna, you're gonna be something. You have to own it. Yep. So that, that so I said, well, then a few weeks later, I was I was reading Forbes, and they were talking about uh, talk about newspapers, and said a good, well-run uh, paper should have gross margins of forty percent. Hmm. So the second light bulb, okay, well, ooh, I thought I just starting the paper, so you know, maybe it's, maybe it's something I, I can do when I when I get out of college, mm-hmm. and so that's how I decided to uh, to uh, join him with the paper, and I've mm-hmm. been there ever since. Wow. So your story began in, a, in many ways, or one of your stories began in a Bank of America mailroom where by reading a publication, you learned you might want to think about owning your own periodical and publication. Correct. That's fascinating. And then here you are today, and you've, you've done just that, and you're expanding into Charleston, which brings me to what about Charleston excites you? Why now? Why expand into Charleston here and now and bring a paper to the from here's and the come here's? <laughs> well, uh, over the years, that's one of uh, uh, father uh, and Mr. French other publishers had a kind of unwritten rule. Okay, all right, well, we don't publish in other people's territories. So, so basically, Charleston was. Uh, Mr. French's territory. Uh, so, yeah, we worked together, but we didn't directly keep with each other. So, uh, over the years, people ask us that, well, maybe you should put a paper in Charleston. We'll say, well, we can't. We're, like I said, we, we work, work with the folks at the Chronicle. Sure. Uh, so, we can't, we're not going to put a paper there to compete with us. Okay, we, we're friends, we work together. But uh, after the uh, after demise, because basically they haven't really published. Since January, and then, uh, and then Mr. French died, and uh, was it was the beginning of August, 
Yeah, and we say, well, you need to come back. You can't come on. You need to publish down here. Mm -hmm. So that's when we start taking a serious look at it, and then eventually figure out, well, we couldn't figure out at that point they're not going to come back and republish. So uh, there's a market that basically we should address. Yeah, there was an opening. Interesting. Yes. Do you foresee Panorama moving to other markets, or are you currently thinking about, anticipating further expansion somewhere down the road? Uh, well, that, that was my objective. Or is that part of the secret game plan? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that was my objective, uh, what, 30, what, four, 34 years ago. That, that was my uh, original objective to I want to have papers all over the country. But before you can do that, you got to successfully launch in, in another market. So this is, yeah, Charleston is that market. Hmm. So our, our folks now is make sure we do Charleston successfully, and then if, if other opportunities arise, then we can take the lessons we learned here and apply it to other markets. Is there anything Low Country Local First can offer you and the paper? We, again, have connections to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of local independent businesses. They're across all different industries. They're all different ages. They have varying amounts of knowledge about the business ecosystem here, mm -hmm. but also they just are really, really great, generous, altruistic people for the most part. I've seen it firsthand. We've got something called the Local Expertise Exchange, for example, mm -hmm. where a business owner can sign up for a free 30-minute consultation. Maybe they run a shoe store and they want to learn a little bit more about what they can and can't do in the world of lease negotiations, right? They've got a brick and mortar and they're renegotiating their lease, or they need marketing help and they don't know up from down, left from right. So we can them in with a marketing firm or an ad agency that's based here in the low country with the idea that we are more intentionally interconnecting those those businesses and, and creating really purposeful business to business interactions and it all lives under the roof of the low country and so that kind of transmission and transfusion of knowledge and expertise hopefully eventually leads to business uh, you know investments in one another and transmission and transfusion of cash into families that are being mm -hmm. raised here raises the tax base all stuff that I know you know I guess what I'm trying to get to from a very long-winded way is what can LLF do, if anything, in terms of connecting you in with local businesses? Is that something that um, seems uh, of interest or of value at this point to the Low Country Panorama? Or do you all feel like you already have kind of a bunch of showcases lined up and you already kind of know who you're going to spotlight? Or is there anything that we can maybe offer? Well, yes, that's, that sounds great. Because, uh, one of the things, for instance, with our business class series is basically... Uh, business uh, folks sharing knowledge that would benefit other business uh, other business owners. So that that dovetails right into what, to what you said. We can, uh, yeah, we work with you to film uh, film some of those lessons that you put on a website so that I love that. So it, it's a, a source for any topic that a business owner uh, needs that they can pretty much go on our website, watch the videos and learn, and also learn who the person who's actually uh, giving that knowledge, get their contact information so they have further questions or they, oh, need, cool. or they need help for what the business owner offers. Uh, they, can, they can have the contact information so they can uh, reach out to them hmm. and learn more or do business with them. That's fantastic. Well, I, we'll, we'll take you up on that. Um, okay. That's an offer. I ask uh, for, I, I tried to um, solicit offers on air so that we can go back. And if there's ever any question, I, uh, you know, I can, I can show you the tape. Uh, Mr. Nate Abraham, you said that we could come knock on your door for some video help. <laughs> yeah. Is that your son who's running the videography 
department over there? You, see, you mentioned he's into kind of drones and, and, and taking footage and stuff for the paper. Is he, is he running that kind of division and, and all those efforts right now in the video department? Uh, yeah, we also have a, uh, uh, an award-winning intern who, who d does a lot of our editing. And, oh, cool. And, uh, matter of fact, she's also the, uh, the uh, principal interviewer on the, uh, on the uh, business spotlight. Oh, really? So, so we're we're also training out young journalists. She's a uh, journalist student at USC, but uh, she's well, before she got to USC, she's won several journalism awards while still in high school. I, I get the sense it's a very familial, welcoming, supportive environment working at yes. the Panorama, based on what you've just said about your intern and the mm -hmm. fact that just the press is in your blood and your family has raised <laughs> up and, and very much so been intentional about educating the next generation about how to kind of bring mm -hmm. the business forward and how to bring the importance of, of a free press forward. Yes. Um, how do you, is, is that a fair assessment? Yes, I would say that's a fair assessment. Okay. And mm -hmm. so are there other examples um, you just mentioned kind of, uh, you know, encouraging interns to actually interview business owners and to be like actual central parts of the paper and recurring segments mm -hmm. in the paper and sections and columns. Are there other examples of, of how you all seek to educate the next generation of mm -hmm. the press? Uh, yes. Well, we're, uh, well, right. One of the things we're doing right now is basically we're looking for, uh, for, uh, sales and, uh, immediate sales interns. Oh, uh, nice. Well, not, well, in, well, in terms of basically uh, uh, folks that we basically train to basically learn how to sell uh, not only print advertising, but also uh, digital advertising, uh, promotions, uh, uh, advertising on the websites and on social media and that sort of thing. So, so we're looking to build that capacity as well. Cool. Excellent. Well, I, I love it. Um, question for you, Nate. Is there a, you know, someone who day in, day out lives, eats, eats, breathes local independent businesses and service providers, I'm always thinking about ways to, you know, more meaningfully patronize those types of businesses. Are there, is there a restaurant, a coffee shop, a, a retailer, a boutique somewhere back home in Columbia that you've like just got to go to at least once a month and then, and you know, they're like locally headquartered in Columbia just out of curiosity. Uh, well, yeah, several. Uh, there's, uh, there's one. Uh, For our listeners taking a trip to Columbia soon and they want to like make sure that they're really meaningfully patronizing the local independent scene over there. Yeah, well, there's, there is a, uh, uh, there, there's a company called Cooks and Mo Deli. Uh, we go there and because uh, one thing my wife always makes sure I do, I would go there and get a sweet potato pie. <laughs> So they have the uh, great soup. Uh, there is a, another company that we did a story on last summer called uh, the Lick Ice Cream. Uh, it's probably not a place you go if you're on a diet, but <laughs> but wow, they have. If you can eat ice cream, eat ice cream, right? Uh, yeah, but but they're they have rather substantial portions. Okay. For instance, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, you get they do. One of the things that they do, they do uh, ice cream sandwiches. So you get these huge ice cream sandwiches with. Instead of uh, just cookies, you have like a brownie or a donut in terms mm. of the uh, bread, and you have like 36 different types of ice cream you put in the middle. Whoa. They have fresh baked cookies. They have something called a cookie train, and it's like, like four cookies and three scoops of ice cream. 
Uh, they have these, Dang. yeah, they, they have, have these huge uh, milkshakes with, uh, you get a milkshake and they have like a plastic cheesecake on top or, or, or cotton candy or all kinds of, or, 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 or a brownie embedded in the, in the milkshakes. So they have all these different types of treats and every time you go there, they say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat a third of it and then I'm going to eat the rest of it over the next two days. Cause no, that never works. Well, all that, of it immediately. I mean, yeah. what, okay, if, you, if you're just tuning in, uh, it's, it's very obviously lunchtime because I'm, I'm visibly salivating and uh, <laughs> Mr. Nate Abraham is uh, telling me about what might be the pinnacle of ice cream somewhere in Colombia. What's the name of that place again? Oh, it's called, called the Lick Ice Cream. It's on uh, Clemson Road and I-20. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the Cooks and Moles Deli, they're on uh, I-20. Well, they're on uh, North Main, uh, about a mile away from I-20. Then there's uh, a True Barbecue there in West Columbia. They're about a half mile away from Krispy Kreme, where they have... They they have you can get all you get three types of barbecue sauce. So dang. Yeah, then let's see. There's uh, Br- uh, Brooklyn, uh, uh, Brooklyn Baptist Church. They have a uh, banquet center where they do uh, lunch. They have a, a lunch buffet, and then they have a Sunday brunch that's real popular in, in town. So. Incredible. We've got some ice cream here options. Uh, off Track is one of them downtown. Off Track yeah. Ice Cream Delicious. They're a member of ours. I, though, and it is some of the best ice cream I've ever had, though I, I don't think I've ever heard the word embedded used to describe one of their offerings. You just yeah. talked about some sort of cheesecake being embedded or enveloped in some yeah. other dessert. Anyway, yeah, again, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fully frothing at the mouth in anticipation <laughs> of patronizing that establishment at some time <laughs> and hopefully the very near future. Um, but until then, speaking of kind of business to business interactions, um, what for a business owner listening in, how can they make sure that the low country panorama is in their place of business, ready for employees to read through for customers, for clientele to read, read through in the, in the waiting room, how can they make that happen? Okay. They can call, they can, uh, they can uh, contact us at news at lowcountrypanorama.com. Okay. Or they can call us at uh, code 843-548-7776. So either either way, just let us know that they want to uh, want us to be a location where we distribute the paper, or if they want to advertise, they can contact us there. Uh, yeah, we we're putting putting getting gathering ads for our website and also for our our launch uh, next uh, next in January. Excellent. Okay. So you heard it here, folks. Um, I think we're going to, I think I took those notes down as well. If uh, for whatever reason you, you just tuned in and you missed the contact information or you're listening back and, uh, and you scrabbled through it or for whatever reason you need that information again, you can always also reach out to me at Steve at lowcountrylocalfirst.org. We'll make sure that we get you connected to the Abrahams and to their excellent paper, The Panorama, which is coming very soon here to Charleston, South Carolina. It's going to be in physical form. It's going to be in digital form for all the uh, the cutting-edge kids out there on their tablets and their gizmos and their gadgets. But Nate and I will be reading the good old-fashioned tactile paper, right? <laughs> yes. Um, well, that sounds great, Nate. I, I think we'll probably wrap things up shortly, um, but I, I do want to give you the mic again to share with us any sort of lingering thoughts, anything that you uh, you'd like to share with the audience while you've got uh, while you've got the open mic. 
Okay. Well, we want to, like I said, we want to meet uh, meet everybody in Charleston uh, who's interested in, in journalism and getting the rest of the outreach community. So uh, we certainly like you to either call us or email us. Uh, and also for our website be be up next week, uh, December first. So we'll be so we want want people to uh, visit lowcountrypanorama.com, and so we get a feel for what what we do and type of information that we that we published. Uh, so our mission is basically we want to uh, want want to have a copy of the panorama in the hands of 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 everybody everybody in Charleston. We want to yeah get. Let everybody get to know us, uh, be their partners to get the information out to the community, anything they need to share. We want to be the vehicle that they can do so. Uh, through our website, we want to also uh, uh, yeah, you know, make sure they go to our website and, and learn about us. And also for business owners and other, uh, we also want to be their partner to help get the information and also a place where they can learn more, more about uh, how they can improve their operations, Track customers, uh, grow their businesses. So, yeah, we want to, well, CarolinePanorama.com, I mean, LowCountryPanorama.com website to be a vehicle for them to do that as well. So, yeah, we're, we're here, coming here to Charleston. We want to be a good partner with the citizens of, of the Low Country, uh, starting in Charleston and eventually growing out to uh, Berkeley and Dorchester counties as well. But we want to, want to be good. Uh, good media partners for the uh, Low Country region. Excellent. Well, that's fantastic. You heard it here, folks. LowCountryPanorama.com is a great way to get connected in with this fantastic newspaper, which will be hitting uh, the news racks very, very shortly here, I believe in January, is what Nate uh, just mentioned. So be sure to look for that after the holidays. Listen, folks, if you haven't gathered it by now, this is an incredibly important, high-value newspaper. It is... uh, one of our state's few black-owned newspapers. It comes from a legacy of black-owned newspapers, which is crucial, crucial, crucial for any community who wants to ensure that a diversity of voices are heard and a diversity of stories are spotlit. Um, And so I, for one, am incredibly excited that in the wake of the Charleston Chronicle, which was a fabulous paper in and of itself, um, now that it is gone, that there is another paper paper that is going to fill that incredibly important niche. And I'm glad that it's your paper, Nate. I look mm-hmm. forward to reading about the business spotlights and the business leader showcases. And I just look forward to knowing that there is one more set of diverse voices here in Charleston sharing really important information through a wide lens, as we talked about, yeah. um, so that there's a patchwork of stories um, and that it's positive news for a positive community. Yes. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for bringing your lovely wife and uh, for telling me a little bit about your family and the uh, history of the Carolina Panorama and now the Low Country Panorama, which is in very many ways wrapped up in that family history, which I think is a beautiful thing. I look forward to years and years and decades and decades and centuries of success for the Panorama, right? I hope it's yes. here long after we're both gone and uh, it is stronger and more robust than it's ever been. It's an incredibly impa- important paper and your story has been fabulous. I wish we had three more hours to, to dive in even deep, more deeply. I hope that one day our, our paths cross again in, in this form or a less formal form, and we're able to uh, talk a little bit more about the Carolina Panorama, the Low Country Panorama, and the Abrahams. So thank you for being here, Nate. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having us. 
Yeah. And uh, for those folks listening in, uh, that was an interview with Nate Abraham, the publisher and owner of the Carolina Panorama, as well as the Low Country Panorama, which is a newspaper coming to your news shelves January 2022. Be sure to look for it. I am Steve Fletcher, the development manager of Low Country Local First. We are a local economic development nonprofit based right here in the Low Country of South Carolina. We advocate for and support local independent businesses. So please check out our website at lowcountrylocalfirst.org if you liked what you heard today or you want to find out how you can more meaningfully align with the work that we do.